0: I went on a road trip with the family this weekend this weekend and I had a dream that when I came back it was like The Walking Dead and zombies and stuff like that so originally I thought this was all overblown but what do you think like I think what we should do today is separate fact from fiction
1: all right and break it down so people out there and listeners feel empowered uh they should never uh be paralyzed with fear right so we always say run fast don't run scared right but then don't be overly cautious and think uh at the same time don't be overly free and think there's no no need to do anything i think there's a happy medium in between both which if most people understand some of the basics of this, and then go into like how it's spread, and we can talk about it, all host of things, I think people always feel better. Uh, when they have some knowledge, right? It's the right. fear of the unknown. So well, I think today we're going to be a little more serious than usual. We'll switch
0: it up a little bit since you're actually the expert in this. So this is a. So I have the glasses. That's how people know that you look this, sharp. Is,
1: this is a more serious conversation, but so I'm this, glad to do it. Yeah. So yeah.
0: this is the special coronavirus edition of Recommended Daily Dose. I am Dr. Clinton Coleman along with the chief of infectious disease at Holy Name Hospital, Dr. Siraj Sugar.
1: What's up? How are you?
0: So. Um, I just want to give you some stats. So, you know, as of as of today in the U.S., I yeah. think there were a total of 164 cases. Well, well by America, the time I look this up, right. it may, by the time this comes out, So, it may perfect. Be like when you say
1: cases, those are diagnosed cases. Right,
0: right. And there's okay. total deaths. But worldwide, there were 109,000 and um, like 3,800 deaths. Right. right, Which shocked me is when I heard what Italy had done. They quarantined, you know, a large proportion of their population. Essentially made the whole country 16, a red zone shut it six, down. Well, first it started off with 16, 17 million in like Venice and Milan, but then most recently now the whole country is closed Yeah, they started
1: in the northern part of Italy, um, which is beautiful, by the way. You ever been there? No. When things calm down, I want you to go okay. there. It's really beautiful. Been to Rome. but uh, Great cheese. But this is something that I think we should talk about. And, so um, my question to you is, right. is
0: this, are we right to be paranoid? Is this overblown? Or so, you know, now, t- I used I'll, to think that, I'll, but now I don't think
1: No, it. I'll tell you perfect. Someone said, Doc, it's not a time to panic. And I tell him very honestly, it's never a time to panic. We never, never panic. It doesn't right. make any sense. It doesn't right. help anyone. It doesn't help patients. It doesn't help doctors. It doesn't help public health system. Right? So let's take it down. Let's break it down one step at a time. So we're talking about COVID-19.
0: Okay. So that's the coronavirus. That is a syndrome.
1: Coronavirus identified 2019. Okay. So it came out of uh, Wuhan City in Hubei province in China. Okay. First described WHO in the end of December. So uh, COVID-19. But the virus is called SARS, Severe Acute respiratory Syndrome. COVID-2. Coronavirus 2. So okay. why is that? All right. So when people say coronavirus, it's been around since the 60s. Right. Seven different types of coronavirus affect humans. So first of all, where did it come from? Believe so, it or not, it actually came from bats.
0: That's what, that was my question. So yeah. I, I think... You know, part of it is reassuring, you know, separating fact from fiction, right? Yeah, reassuring I'm the public. You. So there's a lot of rumors. So the initial rumor was this was from bat soup or something like that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the layperson, and I'll throw out the rumor, and you, you reassure us or tell us the, whether it's perfect, fact or perfect, fiction. Perfect. So where did, where did they say this comes from?
1: So it's a zoonosis. So think zoo, animals. An animal, this is okay. a, a virus that originated in animals as a host. So there's some bats out there that have, you know, runny noses, sniffing okay. noses. Okay. That's where this virus uh, originated. Now, that's the family coronavirus. We've seen over time they've jumped to humans. So that is the zoonosis part. It's a virus that affects humans, but originally came from animals. Okay. Now, there's animal-to-animal transmission, so there's got to be intermediate hosts. So we think about SARS back in 2003. Probably it went to, you know what civet cats are? No. Uh, apparently they were a delicacy in parts of okay. the world. Uh, so it jumped from bats to civic cats, animal-animal transmission, civic cats to humans, animal to human, and then human to human. 2015. So the was, transmission
0: between animal and human, is that well, I'll you, all, all like if I eat a, a, a that's the what's, delicacy? or is,
1: Well, that's what surmised. First of all, a lot of these happen these. when you have animals in duress, um, in close contact with each other. So okay. think the wet markets of East Asia. Sure. So, you're going to have live animals that maybe don't normally uh, ever get together okay. in such close proximity in nature. They're under duress. They might not be the healthiest animals, right? They're waiting to be slaughtered right. or be eaten. So, then you very easy, and then you have humans walking through. So, you're essentially a petri dish of virus. You know, we won't have a religious talk today, but whether, okay. whatever your theories are, it's the, right. They want to, theory of evolution, they just want to survive just like humans. Right. So, they're constantly looking for new hosts to reproduce and hijack the machinery and reproduce and spread and spread. Right. So if you can go from a bat to another animal to a human, the virus will do it. They'll mutate so they can constantly find new hosts to infect.
0: My question, how is that transmitted from an animal to a human? Like if you're a cat or so it's a great question. bat has dro- uh, is it a cold that they sneeze and you get it? Or in this case, so listen, the assumption this, this was— This
1: sounds like a storybook. A bat eats some fruit. Right. Uh, bat guanos on the fruit, the fruit falls down to the ground. An animal comes by and eats that. Now the virus has found a way to enter that animal uh, DNA. And a human comes by and eats that animal. That's a very possibility. Right. you know. Or the animal, or the human comes in close contact with this animal. Okay. But we know that as we encroach in natural habitats with other animals that this is going to happen time and time again. Right. We've seen this with HIV. We've seen this with SARS in 2003, MERS in 2015, and now SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus that causes COVID-19 in 2019. Okay. So we have three novel coronaviruses, I mean new, four coronaviruses that we see every year that affect anyone every year, probably one in three people uh, that get a runny nose, watery eyes, cough in the winter, get the coronavirus, so it's very common. Right. But we now have seven specific types that have jumped from the reservoir in nature, probably uh, bats, to humans. Okay. And that's, that's uh, zoology in a nutshell
0: why do you think it's so contagious like since we've all been exposed to coronavirus or the common cold right right it seems like if you know person a gets in contact with five people they're all going to get it. Is it because we haven't been exposed to it so here's
1: some basic terms first we have an outbreak where you're having a spread in a local area let's think china right then it gets a bigger outbreak that's an epidemic then when it starts spreading globally that's a pandemic which is essentially what we have even though the, the names are not so important The World Health Organization actually calls it something different. Uh, But for all essential purposes, this is a pandemic. Now, people should know pandemic does not mean how lethal it is. Okay. Right. It just means how infectious it is and the transmissibility. So we clearly see this is very transmissible from person to person. Why is that? Right. Well, think about it. We have no vaccine. We've talked about vaccines on our show numerous times and how we're such strong proponents and how it's ludicrous when people don't get vaccines, right. but that's that we have no vaccine for this. We have no antiretrovirals, so think about the flu and Tamiflu. Right. We don't have any of those drugs, and we have no natural immunity. Right. So we have a vulnerable uh, patient population, human beings. That is, is really ripe for transmission right. because how's it spread? It's spread through contact. I touch you. You touch your face. It's spread through droplets. I cough. I don't cover my mouth. Right. I expel these droplets in the air. They land somewhere, they land your jacket, you go like this, then you go like this, which is why we get to how, it, you know, uh, we prevent this. It's so, so important with the idea of social distancing, washing your hands, not touching your face, your nose, and your eyes.
0: Right. So social distancing is if you are sick, stay home from work or...
1: Well, social distancing is what I try to do with you also. Right, right, right. I try to stay away from you. We've you should, talked about this. Yeah. And remember, this, this is nothing uh, that we don't tell people to do every winter. Right. If you're sick, stay home. Don't go to school. Don't go to work. Right. Don't be a hero. If you're coughing, sneezing, cover your cover your mouth. But right. in in general, sneeze into your you know your your elbow. By the way, don't use that same elbow then to, to to elbow bump right. people instead of coughing. So what's instead, the, of, instead of shaking hands. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, what's the best way to greet someone now? We'll, we'll get into all that stuff. But you mentioned elbow. Bumping. I would say Namaste, like we do in India. Okay, so that's cool. just, But that's
1: just my that's just right, my bias. Right, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I had to ask you was the comparisons between influenza and this coronavirus. This is where
1: it gets tricky, right? Because this, uh, I'm coming to you as a doctor on the ground, uh, evaluating this in our own uh, neighborhoods here right. in northern Jersey. Um, it can be tricky. There's no doubt about it. Right. Most people have the triad, cough, fever, and we say dyspnea, which means shortness of breath. Right. Now we're seeing, and we're getting guidance. Again, we're looking at China, really. They had the 80,000-plus cases. Right. So that's the big you know, information that we're getting from. Of their personal experience, we'll have more experience. And it's also on. new, so you so don't it's also really new, know so relying, what to expect. We're relying on their dad. and right. they I mean, truth be told, they very quickly identified the virus. They right. very quickly sequenced the virus, Right. and they've been publishing very heavy in medical journals. Okay. Uh, so it's actually been, you know, this is, I would say, on the side note, an amazing global uh, collaboration. Good. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually fantastic, but now they're having descriptions of people having GI symptoms. What do I mean by GI symptoms? Nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, maybe some diarrhea. So guess what? These are nonspecific. That means you could have anything uh, with these types of symptoms. But we have to think about it. We now know that who we think about is different than it was two weeks ago. Okay. It's no longer just travel to China and you have a fever. Right. It's no longer travel to Japan, South Korea, Iran, Italy, places where you are called tier two and tier three travel bans by the CDC.
0: Or a cruise ship. Now it's,
1: now it's in our community and it's community transmission spreading from neighbor to friend, right. family members, spouses, et cetera. Now, this is, again, not to make people um, uh, nervous and scared, just to empower them to know what's happening. Right. So how do we use that information? Now, when we're in the hospital situation, when we're in the ERs, when we're in the medical offices, we're going to evaluate a little closer. You know, could these symptoms be truly uh, a coronavirus? Let's take a step back. Let's remember that there's plenty of viruses floating around. There's right. plenty of influenza. Other viruses, human metanumovirus, you can have a... N- one of the other four coronaviruses that we see every year. Right. So even today, we had patients who had coronavirus, and we tell them you have to be really specific and say,
0: You don't have the you coronavirus. You don't have the coronavirus. Right. You don't
1: have the SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19, which is most people know about as the description of the clinical syndrome. You have one of the coronaviruses that have been around. We call community-acquired coronavirus. You have one of the ones that have always been around right. uh, since the 1960s when they're first described. So these symptoms are not specific, but obviously we are really kind of, we're widening our net and who we're looking for because we want to do our best right. to contain. What does contain mean? Contain means you find someone who has the confirmed case, you contact trace, you trace the contacts, first degree, second degree, third degree. Right. That's becoming harder and harder to do, honestly. Right. So we're moving away from containment to mitigation. Mitigation is where we talk about things like social distancing. Okay. You know, CDC is now having some very um, uh, uh, strict guidance for those over 60. You may want to avoid, and I would, and I would echo that. I'm going right. to go, go ahead and say it. I would echo that, avoiding large crowds, public gatherings, okay. over 60. Those that are increased risk for, and we'll talk about who those people are, increased risk for more or worse outcomes. Okay. So taken very basically, over 60, you're a long-time smoker, you have lung disease. Right. Asthma, you have or, asthma COPD, or COPD, emphysema, emphysema right. or even, let's say, sarcoid, any host of chronic lung disease, which is not uncommon. Uh, You are on medications that depress your immune system. So you might have lupus. You might have rheumatoid arthritis. Transplant patient. Transplant patient, anti-rejection. You might be um, a chemotherapeutic patient. These are things that you have to understand that, hey, there is a chance, albeit small, but there is a chance that exists that one could have a more severe outcome. Right. And those are the ones that we're recommending right now. Certainly consider, you know, if you have concert tickets, et cetera, those are the ones you might want to avoid. Right. Large crowds, public gatherings, et cetera.
0: It appears that the people who have unfortunately died have been, you know, either elderly or really young or had some other comorbidities. I think it's a perfect
1: time to talk about, we could say, the case fatality is what freaks everyone out. So originally somewhere between 2 and 3%. Okay. Influenza, about 0.1%. So we're talking, if you just look at those numbers, number of people who died, the numerator, number of cases, that's a very simplified way of calculating. Right. Um, between 2 and 3%. So about 20 times more okay. uh, deadly than the flu. But let's realize, and I think it's well known to everyone out there, that we have had some trouble in the beginning from testing who we want to test. Right Now, that's What's ramping that, up. That's right. ramping up now.
0: And that number is also skewed, too, right? There's way more people with flu. So, obviously. The well, there's two things.
1: One, is, I think we're going to find out later that more and more people have this COVID-19. So, okay. that denominator is going to grow. Right. Okay. And that numerator is not going to grow with the same rate as the right. denominator. So, the
0: percentage so the, fatality what we will call decrease. Case fatality,
1: I don't know who wants to you know, hear these kind of words, but that's going to actually, drop. we expect to drop. Okay. Um, but because this seems to be so t- highly transmissible, we do expect that denominator to be very large. So even the case fatality t- rate drops, we do know that even a, if you take it elementary, a very small number of a very big number, a very small percentage of a very big number, still equates to big something number, significant yeah. and something tragic and something that we want to prevent. And that's why we have to focus on these high-risk groups. Right. Right. Smokers, underlying lung disease, heart disease, poorly controlled diabetes, or those with depressed immune systems, immunosuppressed states.
0: Well, walk us through the process of, say, someone has symptoms, they go to the emergency room. There's not like a a Oh, yes,
1: let's let's stop right there. So, as someone who just came from an emergency room in this area, I can tell you it can be overwhelming right now what's happening. For most people, 8 out of 10, 80%. Will either be asymptomatic or right. have very mild
0: disease. I'm talking about the sick people, right? Uh, so
1: right. we want not everyone with a little sniffles
0: and a right. little. Uh, and I of wrote the
1: subway yesterday. Should go run to the ER. We right. absolutely last thing we want. Right. You should isolate at home, especially if you're febrile. Call your primary care physician. Right. Let them know and let them know. And then again, we're ramping up the ability to test. And I'm talking. You know, this is something that's happening in real time. So I'm right. talking. It's different today than it was on Friday. Right. We now have commercial testing okay. to augment the somewhat lapse that we had at the state and federal level. So we now have expanded testing. We'll be able to test much more readily. Right. But someone who has very mild symptoms can certainly check in with their primary care physician, even right. check in with the ER. We are using, trying to utilize more telemedicine, which is really a big wave of the future, right. to reach people at home, even having visiting nurses come sure. in, do testing as needed. But the last thing we want is people just coming into the ER getting right. overwhelmed and also putting themselves at risk uh, with other people who are much more of sick. Of course. And also taking time and resources away. Now I know people say, look, I don't care about the people, I care about myself. Right. So then look at it the other way. You can you know, hospitals are not always the best place to go of course uh, when you have a lot of sick people in well, close sick proximity. People in the hospital. We you know, we take our infection prevention um, standards and our practices, you know, of utmost serious, seriousness. Just going to the ER if you're otherwise completely. Right. So we don't
0: promote just going to the ER. But say someone's very sick and so what is wh- very what's sick the, What's mean? the What's the process? So they high fever, shortness of breath,
1: and really the difficulty breathing. Right, um, those are people you should call ahead. If right. you call your your primary care and they say, "Hey, go to the ER," right, the primary care should know to call ahead. Okay, when you come in to what we call triage, or even before triage, triage right. is like where a nurse figures out who's sure. most sick, who's less right. sick, you are quickly identified as someone who is of a concern. Okay. Not a personal investigation, but just someone who's a concern. Right, right. A mask is placed on you, and you're placed in a separate area of the ER, uh, emergency room, Isolation. away from other, pla- other, other patients. So then a physician like myself, a nurse, infection prevention specialist, can screen you. Okay. And they might say, hey, look at your leg. You have a bad cellulitis. Right. Oh, okay, you, it hurts when you pee, and you just had a prostate biopsy. You have a urinary tract infection. Right. This is not what this right. is. But if you listen to the lungs and you find, hey, there might be some pneumonia, then that's someone you at least investigate further.
0: So what's the screening process? Walk us through that. So someone, say I show up in the ER. Uh, so, we you know, we're, we're, Say we're someone gonna... shows up in the ER. Right.
1: So like I'm going to assess, fever, your, I'm assess your vital signs. Right. You know, are you having difficulty breathing? What's your respiratory rate? What's your heart rate? Your oxygen level. Right. Oxygen level, exactly. So all that. Let's say you're stable. We're going to do an x-ray. We call a portable x-ray. If we see a, we call low bar infiltrate on one side you might say hey you might have a community acquired pneumonia right, or just
0: whatever. R- pneumonia.
1: What we find on imaging of the chest with covid-19 is what we call ground glass infiltrates. Okay. That's like diffuse and almost looks like ground glass, like ground up glass in all parts of the lung. That starts to make a little bit more suspicious. Someone, right. you know, who was having fever, who's having new onset of cough, who's having some difficulty breathing or not, but has these new infiltrates. Okay. Or again We still ask about travel history. If they came back from uh, abroad, you raise your level. If you had contact with a case or suspected case or a person under investigation, it broadens your level. But again, now we know as we have this community spread that those things are less important. Right.
0: And you're checking, sure, for flu and other respiratory bacteria viruses. I'm going to jab
1: something up your nose. Okay. Okay, not my finger. Okay. We're going to jab up a swab. Thanks. And what we can do now, uh, we call it different names by the name of the company, but it's a rapid... Molecular tests rapid diagnostic molecular tests okay, and that can test a whole host of bacteria and viruses like 20 right in very quick amount of time And like just today someone came in very worried and I was able to give them the results No, you have a much more common okay non-novel What's the turnover
0: time for those? Are
1: about two hours two hours. These are molecular tests. It's okay. called a PCR polymerase chain reaction I know there's a lot of big words. I'm throwing at you, but it's important to you know people understand there are there is a process in place Okay, good now if someone has those symptoms, that test comes back negative, there's no obvious source of fever, that's where we think, hey, this might be Something a PUI person on. under investigation. Got it. And we're gonna say, look, we're gonna monitor you closely, we're gonna do some more testing. Now, the testing that we can do now for the COVID 19 is the same type of uh, swab up the nose. Right. So you actually swab pretty far up the nose. Nasal pharyngeal the nasopharyngeal. Nasopharyngeal, right? That's so it goes up the nose. It's the most uncomfortable
0: the thing I've ever had done to but me.
1: But it's like a one second, both noses, and then yeah. you're done. It's terrible. It's, it's terrible.
0: You ever had it done?
1: I have not actually.
0: The Q-tip goes
1: all, I mean, it, it goes high up right, and, and right. it's not,
0: we, we do that for flu too.
1: So we do it for flu. People have had it. It's, it's a 0.5 second of uncomfortableness. It's fine. So now, before we, were, we didn't really have the great capability to test and okay. that's that's something that has been talked about and again, we're talking
0: about today. Even and even criticized. And criticized,
1: but you know, things like I said, this is something that what I say today could change tomorrow and the next day, but this is current as of today. Um, the testing, last week you asked me, we're having a big problem. We're now ramping up our ability to test, which is a fantastic thing. Now, where do we test? Some people may realize or may have heard in South Korea, they almost have like a drive-through test. Because if you think about it, if you have a bunch of sick people in a closed space like an ER, right. not
0: helpful. Yeah.
1: Great, great way you of just spreading the germs from person to yeah. person. Today was actually a warm day. What if we had a tent or a drive-through area? Where you don't have to get out of your car right you pull up someone's wearing a mask they're all they're appropriately uh, covered you roll down your window swab your nose you get a little slip a little piece of number we'll call you okay that's what we're hoping to get through something smart. along those lines right um so, now if you're gonna ask you know are you gonna get fries or a coffee with that the answer is no no, no 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 this is strictly supersizing <laughs> no supersizing to a different type of test right. no this is strictly COVID 19 testing i feel like we had to have a joke this is a very serious conversation and to be honest, I'm not used. I'm not used to talking so seriously to you. All
0: it's about. hard to listen to. I mean, you, this is great information, but I'm waiting for a joke every time. You're now waiting for a then. joke. I think I, this is, you know, the people have been asking for all this information. Well,
1: you, it, let's take a step back. This is probably the first um, pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it. Name's not important. In the social media age, right? And as hard as it is to believe, you can't believe everything you read on Instagram, of course, and Twitter, right? It's yes. hard to believe. So. I think it's of utmost importance. Wherever you get your news, make sure it's vetted. And you know, every professional society, whether it's the Journal of American Medical Association, New England Journal of Medicine, Infectious Society America, they're all trying to get the 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 uh, point across via podcasts like right. ours, uh, Instagram, whatever it might be, uh, you know, right. tweets. Because we know that's how a majority of people, a significant percent of people get their news. So I just encourage people out there to just always vet their sources. There's a lot of uh memes going around right. of just nonsense that right. you know someone's uh, cousins, uncles, brothers, and down on the on the ground in Italy, and it's like the zombie apocalypse, right. Right? Right, right? We have to really, and I encourage people uh, to really take stock of where they're getting their information right. from. And you know, two weeks ago, everyone on, on social media was a political pundit, right? Now apparently, people have just you can skip the fellowship, and now everyone's was an ID specialist. Right. How did that happen? I don't know. I had to end up doing a fellowship. Take Even a some years, people
0: so. in the, in the government, or, you know, you just skip <laughs> right. over the, uh, just skip right the, over the, skip right the smarter over. people.
1: But, but the, I, I think that we got to so, hit that point home. Right.
0: So besides this podcast, what are what are some good places that people can get information about, you know, and the CDC is a good, uh, so site. the
1: CDC is, who we look for guidance at the federal level. Okay. Um, Anything Anthony Fauci says, okay, I'm okay. going to come and say it. He is the top this is Dr. ID. Fauci. Yes. Yeah, Dr. Fauci. Anything he says, uh, he's the top infectious disease doctor in the, in the land. Right. Uh, you know, coming from the National Institutes of Allergies and Infectious Disease. Anything coming from the CDC, the World, the World NIH. Health Organization. World Health, of course, but I think, you know, that's a global situation. Right, right. I, I like the CDC. And of course, we, we filter down to our state level, sure. so the New Jersey Department of Health. There's actually a, if you go to the website, a 24 7. Uh, hotline you can call that's free, it's okay. open, staffed, and people in multiple languages. And then the local level. So if we're talking about our own institution, Holy uh there is a blog that I put on there. There's a YouTube um, uh, call-in that myself and the chief medical officer did. And the idea of doing this is not to just be on TV or be on media. This is a way of just we need to disseminate that information. proper yes. information because people are going to constantly say, what do I do? What, who do I call? Where do I go? Should I just go to the ER? Right. And we need to n- let people know that there's a very specific process in place, that there is constantly being fine-tuned. And at the end of the day, some people say, Orange, isn't this chicken little? You're, you're running around with your head. You know, ends right. the world's going to end. I will have no problem saying it's better to be—
0: Safe than sorry. Uh,
1: well, you know, overreact. Than, and, and six months from now, hey, maybe we overreacted or maybe we, you know, prepared. You can never prepare too much. Overreact. But I never want to say we underreact.
0: So speaking of overreaction, do you think something yeah. that Italy did was something that will happen here or—
1: I, I have, I've been saying for several weeks, this is something that's echoing the CDC that, uh, that, that they have, you know, um, slowly kind of put out there for people's, you know, in their ear to listen, to have an idea that we are past the uh, time of containment where you can just isolate someone and their three contacts. Right. Because we know this is widespread in the community. How widespread, we don't know because we haven't, we had a lag in testing. We go from containment to mitigation. A big part of mitigation is social distancing and even home quarantine. So right. I know in our town, um, you know, there's some things going in place about for children to be able to distance learn, right. Google Classroom, whatever it might right. be. I know uh, a lot of major trade shows, trade uh, meetings, medical meetings are all been canceled. Right. We know a lot of people that can have the ability to work from home through technology are now being urged to do so, or being recommended to do so, or at least being um, uh, uh, approved to do so if there's concerns. Of course, someone like me and you in the medical community it doesn't exist. You right. know, we ha- we are in the front lines, uh, so that's why as healthcare providers, and I'm not talking doctors only, nurses, uh, medics, PAs, MPs, anyone working in the hospital, or you know, with, it's with health, it, you know, we're doing a lot of training for donning that is putting on, doffing, taking off. We call PPE, protective uh, personal protective equipment. This becomes really important. Right. Not just washing your hands, putting on a gown. There's an order. You put a gown on when you go in a the room, then you put a mask on, then you put goggles on, then you put um, then you put uh, gloves on. Okay. And when we come out of a room, it's the whole process we do to take off this stuff. So the reason I'm telling you this is that people should feel those empowered.
0: Are, that's important, but those are people in the hospital. How, how should everyday people protect Uh-oh.
1: themselves? So what about these masks we see? Right. Do you know there have been studies now coming out if you are sick, if you if someone's commuting and they have a common cold, low runny nose, always feel fine, low fever, a they should probably be at home. Right. But if they're not, maybe they just have a little bit of a runny nose, but otherwise feel fine. Wearing a mask to protect other people, fully uh, fully down with. It, okay. fully com- Wearing a mask because you want to protect yourself against other people gives you a false false sense of security, and that's okay. really important for people to understand. Wearing a mask and then you know I just touched my face, but my hands are clean. But then forgetting, that I have a mask on. Okay, let me touch my face. Let me touch my eyes. Let me rub my nose. Let me, uh, you know, my nose itches. Let me touch my nose. Let me rub my eyes. It's giving you a false sense of security. There've actually been studies out there and and data suggests that the mask, all it does is just breathe warm, humid air where other bacteria and viruses can breed. Okay. If someone is coughing or sneezing and they have, happen to have COVID-19 by you, it lands in your face, it's not going to protect you because this is the mask that we don't necessarily use. This is a surgical mask. We use something called a respirator, a N95, It's right. a much different type of mask, not the typical surgical mask you see people walking around. So there's no data, there's no evidence to suggest wearing a mask is helpful. I think it's very important for people to understand that. And in fact, all you're doing is taking away uh, protective equipment for people on the front we'll lines. Them, yes. You're giving yourself a false sense of security and, you know, you've seen it. People wear a mask and then they'll rub their eyes, they'll rub underneath the mask, they'll rub they'll their a, nose.
0: There's a meme about all the people announcing, like the people in, you know, in the government announcing or talking and then they're, you see them rubbing their face and touching it. Do you their, know the average
1: person touches their face so several times a minute? It is face. very hard yeah. and I'm guilty of it. You know, if I'm intently studying, reading, whatever, I notice I kind of, you know, right. do something. So, we know, we can easily to say here, hey, don't ever touch your face. That's not the reality. It's hard. Right. Uh, I have a tickle on my nose right now, so I'm going to go like this. See? That's sexy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, what about hand sanitizer? Which is hand washing. So, how should you wash your hands? You're at home. Soap and water is fine. I would say sing happy birthday twice or do the alphabet. Okay. That's about the amount of time. If you're out and about, you know, a alcohol-based sanitizer with about 60% percent alcohol Still rubbing for a vigorous amount until your hands are dry. Okay. So just don't slap it on and walk around. Right. You want to keep rubbing it. And again, it takes about 15, 20 seconds also until your hands are dry. That's the way to go. Okay. Now, I know that people are saying there's runs on, uh, there's a scarcity of all these things. But again, wash your hands with good old-fashioned soap and water does fine. work. Okay.
0: Yeah. Wow. So say someone, unfortunately, contracts, a, what's the treatment?
1: All right. So that's a great question. It really depends on what their symptoms are. 80%, again, I'll repeat it, 80% of people will have no symptoms or very mild symptoms. In fact, so mild that they might not even see the doctor. Right. For all you know, you and I have had it and have recovered. We just don't know. Right. Now, 20%, those 20% will have moderate to severe disease. And it's really that 3 to 5% of severe disease, again, heavily weighted in the elderly, smokers, underlying lung disease, right. diabetes, so Right.
0: will have mo- those moderate Those are the severe ones disease. who
1: could progress unfortunately, to respiratory failure. That means they need to be intubated. They need a lot of oxygen. Or maybe they won't be intubated, but they need oxygen through their nose. They need something called BiPAP.
0: Or a mask. Or uh, what have a you, a venti mask, yes. whatever it
1: might be. Right, high-flow oxygenation. Um, now, it's a bell-shaped curve. We're always going to have outliers. Medicine is sure. never uh, black and white. There's always a gray zone. But if we look overall, in general, those 35 and younger that are healthy, that are healthy, uh, don't seem to have much manifestation of disease and much severe disease. Why is that? It's unclear. We do know that this virus uses an enz- a, a, um, enzyme called ACE2, which is found in the lung. So it's basically a protein to kind of hijack it and use that as an entryway into the body. So that's why we say this has an affinity or predilection uh, 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 for the lungs itself and okay. causing, that's why it causes more lung issues than other and issues. Than anything else, yes. Now, why do you have some of these GI issues beforehand? It's not clear. Uh, why do some people develop these very severe diseases, severe manifestations? So we call cytokine storm. So, and some people get in, infl- in, induce a very severe reaction. Think dominoes. Once you have one down, they all start falling everywhere. Right. We call that cytokine storm. There's some data being looked at. This thing called interleukin six, and can you block that, and that'll make people better? There's a lot of great science coming extremely quickly. Right. Considering this was just dis- just described in December of 2019, we have. Uh, a clinical trial at University of Nebraska Medical Center of a drug that was looked at, Ebola. You remember Ebola yep. from 2015? This drug did, was not, unfortunately, uh, had activity against that. That was actually 2014. But in 2015, it was shown to have efficacy, activity against MERS in monkeys So and in the test tube, so in vitro and in vivo. There's now first uh, clinical trials being uh, utilized for that. We're hoping to expand that nationwide. There's a vaccine that's being looked at by a company called Moderna, but that's 12 to 18 months away. so right. that's certainly the not whole
0: process with that. Even FDA. if they fast
1: track it, 12 to 18 months. Wow. So not ready for this winter. And to be f- frank, if this virus becomes endemic, endemic means it starts repeating itself. It doesn't just go away. So one thing is, will it go away in the summer months, which we don't know. That's and another then the question. Other, then it, the other thing is, will it come back? If it comes back and back to the next winter, we do, You know, a vaccine still won't be ready. So it's going to be at least probably until sometime in 2021. Right. That, that, that's going to come back.
0: Another thing people say is, is, is it's is it seasonal. So you know how there's flu season between right, October right. and, or September and, and March. Is this? Everyone's saying once the war- weather warms up, this will so so die down. So let's
1: take it back. Why is it when it's warm that viruses, a lot of viruses go away? Well, when I cough and sneeze in cold air that's very low humidity, okay. it stays suspended, floating around the Got air it. for a long period of time. When the air is humid, so it's heavy, it's warmer, it falls to the ground, so less chance of right. it spreading. Also, obviously, in the cold weather, uh, people are cohorted together. They're indoors. Sure, sure. They're hanging out, right? When it's warm, people uh, are outside. Like what do you do when it's cold outside? You just I'm in the house. You're in the house. Yes. Just and chilling, the Netflix, whole thing. Netflix, yes. But imagine people tend to congregate
0: in close. Of course.
1: Parties are inside. They're not outside. You're not having a pool party. You're having a house party with right. a bunch of people so inside. So there's
0: nothing magical about the, no, but, the virus itself. Well, it's, it's just the air, situation. It's the
1: air in terms of how the particles spread. It's the close proximity of people are sure. cold. And then some people surmise that as the uh, spring and summer and the sun tilts towards the earth, you have better UV light or, or stronger UV light okay. so that the viruses are less able to um, survive on surfaces and things like that. They're, essentially, they're destroyed by light. So we don't know. That's what everyone asks, Doc, won't this go away when it gets warmer right. outside? We hope. I sure hope. Yes. Will it go away when it, when it gets warmer? Will it just simply shift to the southern hemisphere? Which, yes, it's less populated, but we live in a global economy, so global world. So you're always, you know, playing trapping, right away, right? Right. From Africa, from, uh, uh, you know, Africa, South America, Australia, sure. what have you. And even if it goes away, will it just come back? We do know that there's some other coronaviruses that kind of exist throughout the year. So it's not a given that this will be seasonal. Right. And by no means a given that this is a one and done thing. We have seen the virus uh, sequenced in California. It's already about 6% different than the virus in China, where we assume it originated. So, what does that mean? Wow. The virus, as it mutates, just like in human DNA, you get these errors of mutation, of, of replication. So, as it's reproducing, you just get natural errors in there. So, now it's already about 6% different than China. Now, the thing is, viruses don't want to kill their host. Okay, I know we don't use these kind of words, but. Their idea
0: to have the host uh, alive so they host, can replicate. Right. Yeah. So
1: some, a lot of times when viruses will mutate, they actually become less hardy. They actually become weaker. Opposite could be true. I know that's, I'm giving you a that's, lot of that's unknowns, reassuring, but yeah. these are things that we, as doctors and you know doctor scientists and public health officials, this is what we're looking at.
0: Right. So uh, and people are
1: a lot smarter than me. I'm talking virologists, other people. Uh, I didn't think there was anyone more smarter than you. No, it's just besides, not. It's
0: just a good looking person besides yeah. myself. Yes. Um, what about uh, people asking if it's safe to travel? Do you you recommend that? It's a difficult question. Um,
1: And I'll give a difficult answer. CDC is now recommending no cruise travel. uh, Definitely no cruise, obviously. So, um, at least for now. Right. Um, You know, the the party line keeps changing on travel. I I cannot say with good faith that there's no risk traveling. Before we'd say, okay, as long as I don't go to China, don't go to South Korea, don't go to Japan, Italy, I'm fine. But we know that these things spread there can be a lag from when it's when people it's in the community and when it actually becomes known because there's a incubation period right. of up to two weeks right you have to ramp up the testing so i don't i think people need to constantly reevaluate right and i know that's not pleasing for people spring breaks coming up sure people hey am i going i'm not going right i would say you have to constantly be vigilant and assess the situation you know we know that certain employers may may require uh, recommended furloughs i'm talking a very general basis sure here. so people have to keep these things in mind Um, you know full disclosure I'm supposed to go to Iceland in April and my my answer is I just don't know it's a wait and see approach Um, I know people like to ask Doc what is the answer is it A or is it B right and this is definitely a C it's definitely a C yeah Yeah, this is kind of uncharted territory wow
0: do you have any you know summary recommendations for people who are scared or nervous one is you
1: never want to be panicking you run fast you don't run scared right uh, you hope for the best, you prepare for the worst. That's what we're doing here. Um, anytime people get anxiety about this, 80% of the time, 80% of the time, it's a large amount of time, people are going to be just fine, have no symptoms or very mild symptoms. doesn't mean that 20% of people are going to have severe symptoms. you are going to have moderate to severe, which means you might require some hospitalization. You might require oxygen for a couple of days. Right. Uh, we've heard reports of people who went to the hospital, a couple of days required oxygen, no problem now we're getting smaller numbers 3 to 5%. Right. Those are the ones that are concerning. Those are the ones that may require prolonged stays in the hospital, stays in the ICU and more advanced uh, means of giving oxygen. So we have to present the data as we know it. Uh we have to understand that this is a fluid uh, uh a situation that right. is constantly changing. We know that people can be empowered by again social distancing, washing your hands often, not touching your mouth, your face, your eyes. If you're a particular risk groups that we described, highly consider avoiding um, large gatherings of people. Sure, yeah. And you know, I think people should prepare now uh, for their children being at home. Uh, so then, you know, have their daycare situation set up, um, having some essentials, like especially for the elderly, so they don't have to go to the pharmacy, have some grocery check food, on stock on food, things yes. like that. This is potential for something that's unprecedented in the United States, which would be, which would be mass Home isolation. We're already telling people for the sick stay home. Right. This is now we're talking about people that are healthy staying home for prolonged periods of time. Again, it's, I acknowledge it, many people acknowledge it, that this is something unprecedented, but this is something we have to prepare for now. Uh, so that, fine, you have a little staycation at home, you're comfortable at home, and uh, many people can work from home. Right. Just, you know, and I mentioned doctors and, and those at the forefront. Uh, Having to go in, but we are trying to utilize things like telemedicine, other things. Sure. Mostly, again, our our job is and our our focus is always uh, to protect our patients. So instead of having a patient coming to a doctor's office, maybe we can use Skype. We can use uh, something called CareCloud, other type of third party apps or just a regular follow-up. that are, that are um, what we call compliant HIPAA compliant that enable a doctor and a and a patient to communicate. And if someone has very mild symptoms, hello, Mister X, Missus S, how are you doing? You're feeling fine you have a temperature, but you're checking in, you're watching TV, you're doing okay, stay right. home, and then you know, we assess on a daily basis, we check in. How doing, that's yeah. really a big part of this, and that's something that I think we're going to see more and more, not just for this situation, but in general medicine, telemedicine is a very powerful tool. Wow, We should do a whole different episode on telemedicine later.
0: We should. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to thank you for coming.
1: Hey, it's my pleasure.
0: This is actually your job, so you're supposed to be here. But um, if you like this video, please subscribe. Where can people find you?
1: Where can they find us? I was you wanna do
0: rapid fire questions? No. Alright, no, no.
1: no, not today. All right. No. You can do one non COVID nineteen uh, question if you like.